0: It is a joy to be worshiping with you today, exploring some short films to find the intersection between faith and Jesus in that story. Now today's film premiered before the movie Finding Dory in 2016. It won the Academy Award for the best animated short film. It is the story of a day in the life of a young sandpiper bird. I love that image of a soaking wet bird. Man, who has not been there frazzled and worn down by metaphorical ocean wave in your life you didn't see coming? Piper now has some well-earned fear that she will need to work through. You know, fear can absolutely be a good thing, can keep us safe. It can keep us from making bad choices and risks that would have hurt us or hurt our family. But friends, fear can also rob us. Fear can rob us of the life that we want and that God wants for us. Fear might have kept us from taking a healthy risk or doing the things that bring great meaning and purpose and joy to our lives. Fear can keep us from the full and abundant life that Jesus calls us to have. Fear can paralyze us from taking the next steps, from making the changes necessary to become the people God wants us to be. When we dig behind depression and addictions, broken marriages and friendships, prejudice and hate, so many times, one of the driving factors is fear. Fear is a universal human experience and it can require professional help as it can lead us to panic attacks and anxiety disorders. Even when fear is well-placed, like when we receive a life-threatening diagnosis or sensing the impending death of a loved one, we can be absolutely overwhelmed by this powerful emotion. Friends, we don't need to be controlled by fear. We cannot get rid of fear for good reason, but we do not need to be controlled by it. We can learn to address our fears, learn from them, use them, and press through them. We can learn to live lives of courage and hope instead of fear. One of the most repeated instructions in the Bible is do not be afraid. I imagine that's what Piper's mom is telling her right at the end of this clip. Piper, do not be afraid. In 140 times at least, this shows up at one time, one form or another in our Bibles. So many times, the words do not be afraid are followed up by this. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. We have no reason to be afraid because God is with us wherever we go, no matter what we do. Regular men and women, regular people, from Israel's founders of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the leaders of the early church, they all struggled with fear. And they all found a way to deal with it, to press through it, and to live in the calling God had placed on their lives. Let's see how well Piper does, working through her own fear. Piper is still working through her fear. Banging that wave coming at her seems so much bigger than it actually was. We know there is good fear. We should be thankful for the times our parents instilled in us some healthy fear of dangers like the hot stove, of strangers, of crossing the street, dangers we didn't know existed as children. Unfortunately, so many of our fears and our anxieties today, they're made up. They are manufactured, much like Piper's take on that ocean wave. Our worries are things that will likely never happen or things that are completely outside of our control. This kind of fear and worry and anxiety, it's not a gift from God. It is not helpful. It can bring harm into our lives. Friends, we can unlearn fear. We can unlearn fear in our lives. We can unlearn the patterns of fear to live lives of courage and hope. We can unlearn the fear that paralyzes us like Piper is paralyzed we can unlearn fear and find freedom in Christ that we never knew existed before. Our Bibles, they are full of stories and full of people whose fears got the best of them. God wanted something so much better, so much more courageous and hopeful, but for so many people, they settled instead for fear. One of those stories is Joshua and Caleb, two Israelite spies sent to explore the promised land. God freed the Israelites as slaves in Egypt with the very reluctant help of Moses two years before. In an incredibly dramatic fashion with parting a sea and plagues, God broke them out of 100 years of slavery. The most advanced army and powerful army of the day was brought down by this group of beaten down slaves with God's miraculous help. Now once they are free, Moses cast this incredible vision for a land flowing with milk and honey. The perfect place for a people who make their living as farmers and shepherds. Two years later, they arrive just a mile south of the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, excellent for these people to build their lives. For a generation, these leaders, these people have been raised on fear. For generations there were fearful patterns that were built into their lives that were just they were just now beginning to unlearn would these Israelites be willing to take the next steps of courage and hope that God wants them to take? Moses sends a couple of spies into the land to see what this promised land looks like. And we're going to pick up their story at Numbers chapter 13. Moses tells these 12 spies to go north through the Negev into the hill country, see what this land is like and whether the Or not the people living there, are they strong or weak, few or many? See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. Now the spies go and they come back with incredible news. This land is better than they could ever imagine or dreamt it could be. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel. They reported to the community what they had seen and showed them the very fruit they had taken from their land. This is the report to Moses from chapter 13. We entered the land you sent us to explore. It is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit that it produces. But, but the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Yes, the land is better than anything we could have ever imagined, but there are giants there. There are, they are powerful. They can defend themselves. We can't do this. We can't take this land. Spoken like people who have long ingrained patterns, habits to give in their fear. They've learned this pattern of fear for generations. This is not going to be easy to give up fear for courage and hope instead. Did they forget the events of the last two years? Beating the most powerful and advanced army in the world because God was with them. That was an incredible act to create new patterns, new habits, new ways of living for them that things wouldn't always be the same. Things could change for the better with God walking with them and beside them. Do we believe that today? Things do not always have to be the same in our lives, in your life. We don't always need to be stuck, mired in fear forever. Things could absolutely change for the better. We can create new patterns, new habits, new ways of living with God by our side. We can live out of courage and not fear. And it happens. It appears at least one of these other people caught on to this message of courage and hope instead of fear. And we read it as the story continues in Numbers 13. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. (laughs) And that's what they thought too. There is this minority report, one of hope and courage. Caleb learned the lesson from leaving Egypt with God on our side and with us. There is nothing we cannot do. There is nothing we cannot do. There's absolutely no reason to fear because God is here. The same people who saw God uh, crush the most powerful nation on the planet started arguing about returning to Egypt in a life of slavery because it was better than we're doing now. It's better to die as a slave in Egypt than alone in the wilderness, they said. Friends, we all know, we've all seen giant, insurmountable obstacles that make us feel like giving up even before we've gotten started. There's a push and a pull of courage and fear, of hope and of dread. Unfortunately, in the end, Caleb's story, it doesn't win out. And the people... The people wait 38 years and one mile from the promised land. After walking through the Red Sea, following God as a pillar of fire, after surviving the ups and downs of traveling in the desert, they ended up one mile and 38 years from all that had been promised generations before. Ever been there? So close and yet so far away, held back by the fear that you just couldn't do it. They couldn't take that step one mile and 38 years away. They wait 38 years for the last of the stubborn and resistant generation to die off before the new generation takes the promised land under the leadership of the other spy who said they could do it. The other spy that said with Caleb, yes, we can accomplish it. It was Joshua. You know, it's one way to unlearn patterns and to learn new ones is having the generation resistant to change die off and let the new generation, filled with courage and hope, take over. Adam Hamilton, a pastor and an author, notes that this story is such an accurate picture of how fear takes hold in us. We start with a vision. We start with a preferred picture of the future, the promised land for our lives. It is something we long desperately to do. and We feel called to do it. We feel God has placed us on earth to do this. But then we do a risk assessment. Then we start seeing all of the obstacles, all of the dangers involved. Terror takes hold. We see giants. We freeze in our tracks. We say to ourselves, I could never do that. I don't have what it takes. What if I fail? Other people are far more gifted at that than I am. It's just... Too hard. When we are stuck, when with our feet planted in fear, every single obstacle looks to us like a giant. One of the first ways we deal with our fears, to start to live out of courage and hope instead, is to truly and completely face our fears. It is to look them square in the eyes and see what they are. Whether it's a troubled relationship or a financial situation or going back to school into that career that moves your soul, or to a, a health situation, we have got to face the giant head on. Second, we need to come up with a plan. Moses sends the 12 spies into the promised land to accurately face their fears, to see what they're truly up against, and to come up with a plan to deal with it. We become absolutely paralyzed when we have no plan. Our problems seem so much larger, but when we come up with a plan, seeing the reality of our situation, of our fears, suddenly the giants don't look quite so big. They don't look so large anymore. They don't look like giants. They actually seem manageable. They actually seem like grasshoppers. We humans have the ability to make our fears, our situation much worse than it is, that it's a total catastrophe. We catastrophize our fears when we hear our kids outside playing and suddenly one of them is crying, fear kicks in and we immediately convince ourselves that one of them has clearly lost a limb. But when we go outside and we face our fears and we can't even find the scratch that they say they have, we realize it's not so bad. We have let our fears catastrophize themselves. We've made the situation so much worse than it actually is. Facing our fears and making a plan absolutely helps to de a situation in our mind. We can see a path. We can see a plan. We can see how to help our broken relationship. We can see the path to get out of our, to get our finances back on track. We can see a path for how to get to the career that we've always wanted. We can see the way to deal with our health situation. Giants aren't so big anymore, they become grasshoppers and we've started to wrap our minds around our situation and made a plan out of it. Now our plan may absolutely include involving others, involving friends and professionals to help us find a way out of our fears and forward. Once we've faced our fears, once we have an accurate picture of the risk and dangers and obstacles involved and we still feel like it's worth it and worth the shot we can see absolute incredible things through our fears. So will Piper be able to face her fears, to make a plan, to face the ocean, to get some food? Because I think if she does, she's gonna see a picture of the world like she's never seen before. Friends, there is beauty on the other side of our fears as we face them and as we make a plan out of them. Psychologists talk about making our fears extinct Now, normally we use that word when we're talking about various species of animals or plant life that no longer exist on earth. Psychologists mean we can eliminate unhealthy fear, worry, and anxiety based out of old habits in our lives. We can unlearn fear. We can follow in the footsteps of Joshua and Caleb. We can live like Piper, stepping boldly and courageously into the preferred future for our lives that God desperately wants for us. Fear can be made extinct. We can build practices into our lives to surrender to the voice of God that says, do not be afraid. Say it with me. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. A few years ago, we took the family to SeaWorld in San Diego. I love roller coasters. So Eli and Miranda, my kids, stood with me in line for the manta ride. It begins in complete darkness, very peaceful, soothing music, and suddenly, bam, you are shot to 70 miles an hour. I'm sitting next to my son, Eli, who is eight at the time, and his face looks absolutely terrified. You always wonder, as a parent, if you've done the thing that has broken your child permanently. And perhaps he didn't want to go with us as much as Miranda and I did. And that was the moment for me I'd wondered if I'd broken my son. As we finish the ride, as we slow down, re-entering back, I look to Eli, and without missing a beat, he looks to me and says, Again! I agree, son. Absolutely again. Any fear he had was washed away after doing the thing he was afraid of. Friends, we can find life and joy working through our fears. There is a joy on the other side of our fears, Just like in the memory verse you've got today from Joshua, one of those spies who said, we can absolutely do this because God is with us. Friends, God wants you to live lives of courage and hope, not weighed down or stuck or mired in fear. This week, get some people together, get some trusted people around you, face your fears and make a plan. You can live each day knowing without a doubt There is no reason to be afraid because God is always with you. God is always with us. Let's pray together. Jesus, no matter what we may be enduring, no matter what we're going through at this moment or what we will be going through in the future, help us to hear you speaking these words into our lives over and over again. Do not be afraid for I am with you. May we feel those deep in our bones. May we see you with us in other people, encouraging us and challenging us to face our fears and to know you are always with us through the Holy Spirit. It is in your name we pray together. Amen.